The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. My name's Evan from the Whatever Men. Will, I play in Mung. Oh yeah, uh, Scott, I play in Mung, Death Tax. I'm Dirtbag Drew, and I'm in Graveyard Ducks, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal, motherfuckers. Yeah! Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? 
welcome to a We're a Couple of Misfits episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 676, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And motherfucker, you never, ever cease to, like, just throw me off with these intros, which is amazing. <laughs> and you know what? It's because I'm tired. And you know what I need right now, dear listeners? T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. I could use, I I was going to say an IV, but like, listen, if you've been listening to the show long <laughs> enough, you know that I'm terrified of needles, so I'm just going to sip it slowly. I think I need either the uh, the Royal Canadian, which is where you sweeten your true cult coffee with some maple syrup, or the, the, the church burner, so I could stay awake all night. I feel like that's the one I really need. Ah. Maybe chase my church burner with some motorheads and finish off with a nice Royal Canadian. Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I am tired, ladies and gentlemen. True Cult Coffee is the most metal coffee. Um, if you haven't gone on the email list, just seriously, dude, why not? Because you're mm-hmm. missing out on stuff. Um, we'll tell you about it, but we're not going to tell you how to get it. Because if it's for the email people only, well, ha ha ha, uh, jokes on you. You could join the email. You could be a part of the club. Uh, oh, I feel so peer pressure. It's really not peer pressure. I just want you to be like, like uh, I don't even say I want you to be cool. That feels even worse. Yeah. Uh, I feel so dirty right now because true cold coffee is not those things. True cold coffee is real metal coffee for real metal people made by real metal people. And that's what makes mm-hmm. it awesome. So, truecultcoffee.com, T R V E K E V, shit, K V L T.com. Possess yourself a cup today. Snowman, what's going on? Right on, right on. Well, I got, I got a good year. Yeah, you're right. It's Friday night. It's been a long week. I got a kick ass weekend coming up. So, yeah, I need a little pick me up. So, I got a big ass mug of True Cavalt coffee going on. In, okay, you know those um, those mugs that you know it's it's a re it's it's a re a reproduction of an entire character's head. Those those huge mugs. Oh, yeah. I got one of Darth Vader right now going oh, on. Yeah. So so yeah, it's extra cobalt because you know Darth. There's no more metal character than Darth Vader, and there's even a band called Vader. As well, as well. So, yeah, I'm all hopped up on the Cavalt here. Gonna be. This is going to be a really cool episode. It's um, it's really pushing Halloween now, and so of course our Halloweeny type programming has been kicking in. And one of the things before we we get on with everything is um. As our longtime listeners know, and if you've been listening throughout the month of October now, I am taking the October Horror Movie Challenge, where every year, and I've been doing it for about a good 10 years now, where every October you try to watch 31 horror movies, you know, throughout the month leading up to Halloween. Uh, This time, though, it's the 22nd as we speak. Okay, and I am at movie 18. I really one of those sound effects in there. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I just 
I watched um, the original 1980 classic Maniac this morning before uh, making my way on with the day. Yeah, I know that's a hell of a film to be watching early in the morning, <laughs> early in the morning, especially that version. It just it just goes to show like just how how hard this challenge can really be sometimes, because if you have a life, you know, if you if you have other interests like i do this show i do wrestling night in canada like i have i have a marriage to maintain we go out and we do do things with friends and our daughter and all that there's just in the concerts you know you just you may think oh i love horror movies Ah, i can hammer through 31 movies in a month no problem Ah, it's a little more difficult than you might think you know especially when you got other things going on and I, i actually took in a movie which will be part of my metal fix here soon enough but it really wasn't a horror film per se so i even hit the theater and it's just the way it worked out i can't scratch it off my list so um yeah it might it might be going down to the wire but i'm confident you know it's the weekend i'm sure when we're done here you know i'll Pour a couple more cups of true Cavalts, and I'll get this done for the rest of month of the month to get us kind of there. How about we get into this week's mandatory metal segment? Currently uh, brought to you by the good folks at True Cavalts Coffee. Oh, available twenty seconds. Okay. When you're hearing this for the first time, Friday the 29th, okay, the new record from Evil Dam will be available. Necronomicon will be available, courtesy of the good folks at Hell's Headbangers. So I thought, hey, this is a good time to drop a track from the good folks over there. So let's get into that as... For brought to you by the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. This is Evil Dam with the curse. Oh, <laughs> 
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, man, what's going on? All right, man. So you ready for this? I was born ready. Have we talked about the um, movies that made a series on Netflix? I, I don't think we haven't spoke about it on the air, but you said there was something about this season that I was going to need to check out. You absolutely have to watch three episodes. There's one on Halloween, one on a Friday the 13th, and one on <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, see, recommending stuff like this, this is why I'm not, I might not get my movie challenge done because it's like, ah, I can't. You know, I, I can't include these on the list, I, and now I want to watch those. I think you can include them, because, I mean, they're probably like about 45 minutes to an hour each. So if you watch two of them. If I watch two of them, okay, yeah. then yeah. Yeah, so if you watch two of those three, that counts. Um, and, I mean, you might even, if you watch all three, you might even be close. Because cause the thing is, like, all three of those movies have way more in common than I knew. Okay. Um, just between personnel and all that sort of stuff. Um. But the most important thing I learned, and you know how like every time we t- we do that chi 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 ha, ha, mm-hmm. ha, they're not saying chi and ha, they're saying ki ki ma. And, uh, yeah, like I had no uh, idea. Ki, yeah, ki, they ha, uh, had um, Henry Manfredini. He took um, Betsy Palmer's um, line, yeah. "Killer, killer, mommy." Yeah. And from there, kind of did all the studio wizardry with it and made just about the most iconic and recognizable oh, yeah. piece of cinema. Like, everyone knows what that is. It's so good, dude. Like, like mm-hmm. I I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching and learning about those movies. And, you know, it was great. The, the Halloween movie, apparently when they shot it, it was like March in California. They're like, did you know you can't get pumpkins in March in California? They only <laughs> yeah, had it. three pumpkins. Okay. And it was great. I'm like, oh, wow, how crazy. And then they found some sort of gourd from Africa, but it was green, so they painted it. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, they also... There was also no leaves around. They had to bring oh, leaves. Yes. In. They, they had to use the same leaves over and over and over again. It's just it's so just, funny, that shit, right? It, it's ingenuity, you know? Like, so yeah. Good. So, good. so yeah, so I've been watching those. I, too, am way behind on my horror movies. <sighs> I just, wow. I, and, and you know what the bummer is? Like, and because I've been staying up with the dog, I need to start putting putting on movies then because I, I started watching the original creature from the black lagoon but um with all these different streaming services we have here i actually have at home access to um halloween kills oh wow which i i wanted to try and watch before we talk today because i wanted to be like hey guess what i watched <laughs> you know be like hi mm-hmm. you know but yeah no no it didn't happen but anyway, it's, it, it is in the theater up here. That's how I'm going to check it. Hopefully some, well, it's got to be sometime this week Yeah, coming up, but I'm going to sit down with the 2018 Halloween just to, you know, I've, I own it on DVD, but I'm going to give it another spin before checking out Halloween kills. Cause it picks up right immediately right after Halloween 18. 
it would be Halloween 18. Yeah. Like, okay, because, okay, you have the the 1978 Halloween. Right. There was the movie Halloween in 2018. Oh, uh, well, so that one was, was the... filmed here in Charleston. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Right on, right yeah, on. Oh, that's fantastic. Mind. I'm like, well, yeah. something cool happened here, and I didn't know about it. That's I sucks. didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's a direct sequel to the 78 Halloween. Was it that one, or I thought it was a direct sequel to 72, or, or the, fuck, Halloween 2? No, I, I was no, trying to trace all that. That ignores that. Yeah, I know. The, the Halloween timeline can be very can be very confusing. You have yeah. the seventy eight Halloween. It's, it's like the Loki variant timeline. <laughs> like, like where, where the so, fuck is yeah. the uh, timekeepers for this one, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then you have this the eighteen Halloween, and now Halloween Kills is the third in the timeline. Like it's. It's really screwy. And then apparently, their Halloween ends is supposed to come out next year, and that's next year supposed to close it all off. Well, until they make another timeline. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's, like that's, that's the best part. Of, like horror movies are like like the this this the alternative version to soap operas. Like, because you know, like soap operas, nobody ever died. You know, oh, right. this person was yeah. just in a coma. Oh, it was a dream sequence. Oh, we've had their head frozen and brought them back. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the great thing about these horror movies. Like, no matter how mm. many times you kill them, they just keep coming back. It's like they were the original Kenny from South Park. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like in the, the Freddy's, the Jason's, the Michael, the, the, the Michael Myers, the Leatherface, the Chucky's. I like in them. To the the new wave of Universal monsters, the original yes. Dr- Dracula's, the Frankenstein's, werewolf, the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Invisible Man, and all that. This is the new era of of Universal monsters. You know, that is a great call out for that. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that so I did get into that this week. I mean, it's been it's been a hell of a week. Yeah, like you ever have one of those weeks where you're just like, oh. God, I wish Thanos would just fucking snap his fingers already. <laughs> like, that's the kind of week I've had, dude. I'm like, just s- snap it. Come on, go on, snap it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my no goodness. It's been a week. But um, on Tuesday this week, well, hang on, before I get into that one. So uh, remember the Anthrax live stream months ago? Mm-hmm. My shirts and ticket from that finally showed up. I can't remember if I've talked about that on air or not. No, no. I remember we talked about like you ordered it, you enjoyed it. Yep. But, but yeah. right on. My shirts finally sh- showed up. And unfortunately, dear members of Anthrax, I love you all so dearly. You're hugely important to me. But the shirt showed up during Halloween when I have. Um, when I'm like literally trying to wear a different Halloween or horror themed shirt every day. Uh-huh. And you're just not working into that rotation, boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Well, do you have an Among the Living shirt? I do not. I do not. Uh, okay, you're right. That would have been a good one because it's now a horror that, comic. That, that would have fit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Because I've been wearing my Misfits Halloween shirt. Oh, good. You know? And my Gozer Head Zool. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> yeah, so so that came with so once November first hits, boys, it's back on. But I gotta stick with my Halloween Lit- plan. Literally and figuratively it's on. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Tuesday. Th- just this Tuesday, um, Nikki Six released his latest book, The First 21, How I Became Nikki Six. Mm-hmm. And it literally chronicles him from birth until the day he changed his name legally to Nikki Six. Ah. Dude, this book is so much more than that. Um, I've already finished it, and this is the fastest I've read a book in my life. Like, it's not super long. It's probably like a 200-page read. Mm-hmm. You know, like 200, you know, what are we, like 205, 204, that sort of thing. So it, it's not the the thickest book in the world, but, man, it's entertaining as hell. It's very well written. And the cool thing that I like is you have Nikki now, like, like inter, interweaved with Nikki then. So, like, he kind of comes out and he's like, He's, he's like, you know, being able to look at this at this age, this is kind of what I think now, and here's what I think I was thinking at that time, and it's really interesting to see those sorts of stories and, you know, the, the relationship with his mom and dad, and that really drove so much. But then when he gets to L.A. and he forms London, and, and you've got that stuff going on, like, like when he finally committed to this Nikki Six thing... Um, that's really what kickstarted Motley Crue. So it's, it's so it's everything before Motley Crue, but like all of this is like why Motley Crue is successful. Uh, like everything here is where he's figuring things out, learning stuff. Like I, I don't want to ruin any of the stories because there are some great stories in here. After it's mm-hmm. a little longer, we can talk about these. Because uh, there, oh, I wish I could remember. There's one where I'm reading it and I just start laughing because I remember my friends pulling that kind of shit. And I'm like, I can't even believe you just did that. Like, holy cow, you know? Um, but it's it's really, really a fantastic read. And, okay, so here's the other thing that I love. So um, do you remember a while back? And, I mean, when I say a while, like, it's a while, right? I was talking about the interview he did with Dean Del Rey. Now, he j- just did a, a recent interview with Dean Del Rey for this book. And then they also did, like, a live on online streaming thing. Um, but do you remember like, like I was talking about like Nikki and he was talking about songwriting advice. Mm-hmm. Like, well, so him, him and Dean, man, like if, if you ever get a chance, this goes for everybody. If you can ever listen to any of the interviews he does with Dean, those two are just good friends. And so you're not getting like, like interview Nikki six, you're getting like, Nikki Six, your neighbor, hanging out, having coffee, just being completely candid with you. And um, him and Dean were just talking about like writing and writing songs and writing jokes. And you know, the teen, time Dean was like, "Man, he's like, yeah, like some days I struggle to write jokes, you know." And he's like, "Dean, you can write jokes. You can write a ton of jokes real fast. You just gotta shut off the fucking critic." He's like, "What?" He's like, "You know that critic in your head, just shut it off, turn off." He's like, "I had four pages of lyrics for Home Sweet Home." You would have laughed at me if you would have read them, but we edited that shit down. He's like, just get it out and edit it down. He's like, you've got great stuff in you. And dude, that that stuck with me. And like, you know, and I think we've talked about like the songs that I've been working on myself and I, I'm stalled right now as far as recording. But like I actually wrote like eight different songs on my own and it was all thanks to that advice. Like like shutting off the critic, which is way harder mm-hmm. than it sounds, right? Because you've always got that voice in your head fighting you. 
Oh, yeah. In in the back of this book, like the final chapter, he talks about that. He's like, there's a critic that lives in all our head. My mission is to not now slow down or worse, let that critic stop me. So he kind of touches on that. And then he goes into his songwriting process. Like this, this is so much more than just like, oh, hey, you know, I was a little kid and here's the stuff I did. Like he really talks about how all these things influenced his creative process. And it's, you know, he, it's almost like he wants to pass on like, guys, here's, here's the things I did. Here's the things that got me there. Here's the things that held me back. But then here's the most important life lessons. Like this, this is one of those books that's going to sit next to my Gene Simmons book, my Paul Stanley book. Um, you know, and the, the, the books that I like when I get stuck or I like I need that inspiration. I pull them down and I read something from because it's, it's that fucking good. It really is. It's just it's raw and honest. and I love it. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I kind of I pulled out an an autobiography myself. I sat down and I've I've actually owned this um this book for a while now. I bought it a couple of years ago uh like before the pandemic hit and I bought it at a comic book convention. Okay, you're familiar with the movie Return of the Living Dead. Hang on. That's the one with is that the Nick Quigley one? No. Yes, with as, oh yeah, with, yeah, A lot of people equate that movie with Quigley and and her trash character and well, all that. Well, I had to ask because like I've like literally been trying to track so many of the Living Dead movies right now, um, yeah. and I remember we were talking about your favorite, which I believe is that one, Return of the Living Dead. I'm like, fuck, I think that's the one I just watched, right? But it so, is, it so is, many yeah. so many movies have Living Dead or something dead. <laughs> You know, uh -huh. well it's like, horror um, films yeah you know i'm not sure but yes yeah 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 yes i've seen okay it. only once but i've seen it the other girl not not quigley but the other girl in return of the living dead jewel shepherd was that okay. the uh, the girlfriend of the guy that was a zombie oh okay no that's that's okay there's three girls in this okay oh, not fuck, not quigley not the good girl but the other punk rock chick was jewel shepherd Okay, well, that was Jewel Shepard. Okay. She has an autobiography that came out in the mid-90s called If I'm So Famous, How Come Nobody's Ever Heard of Me? That's amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Like I said, I've had it. I've had it in my possession for a couple of years. I finally sat down and cracked it open. And, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really getting into it. It sounds like she's had a really interesting life even before um, hitting the movies and all that. So what else you got? Rock on, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed um, Adrian Barbeau's uh, autobiography. Like, that was really oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Like, I highly recommend that once you're done with this one. Um, mm -hmm. There's a new Cradle of Filth record drop today. It's uh, called... and. I, I've never ever in my life sat down to listen to existence or fuck I'm giving it away, but I've never sat in my life sat down to listen to cradle of filth. But when I was flipping through and I was, you know, the new releases, I saw it and I saw the title existence is futile. Okay. Like, cause it's the play on resistance is futile, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, and the existence is futile. And again, I told you, I'm waiting for Thanos to snap his fingers. I'm like, yeah, we're putting this on. <laughs> and uh, Cradle of Filth, like, I can't even believe one that is called Metal. Two, um, I'm listening to it and I'm really enjoying it. 
but um, I, I I wanted to make one of those memes. You ever see the the guy sitting there with the coffee cup at the um, at the oh, table, yes. and it yeah. says "Change my mind." The change my mind yeah, guy. Like yeah. my personal favorite of that one is. Uh-huh. Kiss fans are just boomer juggalos. Change my mind. Like that's, oh. my, that's my personal favorite. Like I just just <laughs> d- crack up on that one. But I'm listening to this album. I'm just like Symphony and Metallica is just a um, Cradle of Filth cover album. Change my mind. Because <laughs> like, there's so much symphonic stuff going on. Like I'm like listen. I'm like, wow. This is like. Not what I was expecting from a band called Cradle of Filth. And I'm like, I was really, really digging it. Uh, so, yeah, so Existence is Futile. Give it a listen. And right. um, music-wise, uh, do you remember me? And again, this is like t- two years ago, Halloween now. A band called the Crypt Keeper Five. I actually went to see them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. So, like, they're a band from New Jersey. They're like psychobilly, you know, kind of, kind of thing. And um, I'm like, man, I haven't listened to them in a while. And I dug out their T-shirt to wear today. And I'm wearing it. I'm like, oh, let's, let's give them a, um, a listen. So they have a new single out. It's called Little Angels versus the Lost Faith Kids. And I don't know what it is with people in New Jersey having that Roy Orbison and... Um, Danzig kind of voice. They all have that that deep, just beautiful voice that lends itself so well to a horror punk rock. And um, I so like after that one, I ended up listening to their entire collection today, dude. Their entire all collection. Right. And there's hey. a very specific song I want to call out of that. Hang on, I, I screenshotted it so I can remember. Um, it was called "No Surrender." And it opens up. It's it's not as aggressive a song as the title makes it sound. It's basically just it's really just kind of talking about like not giving up and you know enjoying music and life and that sort of stuff. Because because it I can't I'm gonna butcher this horribly, but in within the first couple lines of the song it says we learned more from three chord songs than we ever did in school. <laughs> Well, hey. I'm like, what a fucking anthem. <laughs> I need to share that with Snowy because I know you're going to identify that in the way that mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. So it's just like, man. Yeah, so Crypt Keeper 5, ladies and gentlemen, they had that new single out. Just sit down and enjoy that. Like, like you, you know, pour yourself a drink and put that on for some nice Halloween rock and roll. You know? I'm going to. I'm grading that down right now, actually. That sounds... <laughs> And then last but not least, have you heard of a brand of denim called Naked and Famous? <laughs> no, no, but I think I should. <laughs> well, you should because it's Canadian, for starters. Okay. So, th- again, thanks to Dean Del Rey. Like, like, I listen to his stuff so much, I feel like I know him. I feel like he's like a neighbor or a brother or something. But, um, like, Dean, Dean's the whole reason, like, I am just finding cool shit again. Like in in high quality stuff, so he's like all about this high end denim thing, which I've you know, when anybody looks up these prices, I have not pulled the trigger on any of it because I'm still trying to figure out all the stuff he's talking about. Because I mean, he talks about I was like, oh yeah, you get a 21 ounce denim. I'm like, what the fuck's that even mean? 
you know, so, and, and I've since figured that out. Like, like the denim that most of us wear is like about a 13 ounce denim. Like that's probably your, your average Levi's and like the stretchy okay. stuff more like a, like a, like a 10 or 11. It's like a little, little lighter weight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this brand naked and famous, they're Canadian and they're probably some of the cheapest denim on the market in this market so it's japanese denim and that's like the big thing like the japanese and i think we we're talking about that was about japanese whiskey like the japanese are just crazy about quality and they they're making mm-hmm. denim you know basically the old school way so it actually lasts and so this company naked and famous this canadian company they started making their own brands and this sort of stuff and um you can buy them online through tate and yoko tate and and I sent you personally the email, and dear listeners, you should all check this out because they released a Jason Selvage denim today. <laughs> um, and nice. The denim, it's it's some of the sharpest looking denim I've I've seen. It has the little Jason hockey mask like embroidered on it, mm-hmm. um, and you can also get like like a Jason um, a jean jacket as well. Like it just, yeah, just trust me, check it out. It's fun. Like I said, I sent you the email. It's in your, um, your snowy email. So yeah, yeah. Give that a whirl, man. It's some fun stuff, but that's all I got. How about you? It does, does sound pretty cool. Right on, right on for myself. Well, I got a little bit of everything here. I actually made a couple trips out and about picking up stuff a little bit here and there my first my first haul okay and this this isn't very metal but um i picked up one hell of a kick-ass record are you familiar with the alan parsons project oh yeah okay like i didn't discover them until the early 80s with their huge single eye in the sky when i was just a when i was just a pop fan really didn't you know, I you remember, you remember that know, song. I was saying, I also don't know if I could identify any of their music. Oh, okay. But I am very, very familiar with them um, and just what they did because they were essentially a studio band. Yeah, very prog as yeah, well. Yeah, huge prog studio band. So, yeah, yeah, very, very aware um, and fascinated by them just for the musicianship. But I, I cannot tell you if I've ever really seen them. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, they're not the most prolific band. Okay, well, I'm actually kind of surprised and I'm kind of kicking myself that I never had this one Alan Parsons project record. I think it came out in 77. Okay, it's called Tales of Mystery and Imagination from Edgar Allan Poe, where basically they have a a whole bunch of their songs are all about what Poe has written. The Raven, okay. Telltale Heart, Pitting the Pendulum. That, I think I actually own that one. Because, <laughs> because I specifically okay. would have bought and listened to it because of that. Like now, now it's coming back. Cause I'm like, there's so much. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, no, I remember that. Yeah. Cause I, I've gone through a big Poe phase and cool story. Edgar Allan Poe was stationed here when he was in the army in South Carolina. Oh, and, and wow. we we actually have um um a restaurant called Poe's Tavern that's dedicated to Poe that was uh, built on the same grounds he would have been walking when he was here. Oh, oh, that's awesome! I have to see this pub. 
Yeah, it, it's yeah. you know what it's it's pretty cool. And as far as like like a bar goes, the food's pretty darn good as well. Like yeah, right on. It, it'd be a place I would definitely take you when you were here. It's worth your time. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Yes, put put that on the list. Yeah. Uh, just uh, why did I not have this record before? You, you right. Know, you know? That's how I <laughs> like, felt when I got it. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, holy jeez, the musicianship and the idea behind it, the whole concept. It's just like, holy jeez, this is fantastic. Oh yeah, it was, right it was absolutely brilliant. And because I'm like, I know, I know them. That's that's the real reason I know them. Because it was somewhere in the '90s, like um. A girl, a girl I was dating, she was into it too. She ended up getting me this huge, like, complete collection of Poe, and we would listen to that record. Mm. Right on, right on. The same trip while we were out and about, we stopped at the comic shop, of course. Yeah, you, you better. And That's I'm good. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus this first of all on. I picked up about, I picked up three, three Batman titles. Here, the first one, um, I think you're really gonna dig, courtesy of DC, obviously the DC Black Label Book One of Batman versus Big B, a Wolf in Gotham. Basically, <sighs> basically, dude. Tomorrow, when you and your boy hit the comic shop, look for that. Um, a werewolf is running and causing havoc in Gotham. Tell me that's not right up your alley. Oh, absolutely. Is it single issue or um, like graphic um, collected? It's, it's, yeah, it's a single, like it's a series. It's a mini series for okay. now, but I'm sure they'll do the graphic novel. Okay, just so I know what I'm looking for. Perfect. Some Sometime down the line. Batman versus Big B, a oh, wolf in Gotham. You're going to want to check that out. I have a couple, t- I have a couple other titles. Okay, book one, Batman the Imposter, and a graphic novel, Batman the Audio Adventure Special. What basically, what that, what that is, okay, is there's, okay, you know old time radio, right? Yes. Okay, well, there's a series right now of podcasts like like the old time radio oh, shows. Okay, like 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 legitimate just old time radio radio is like a thing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like, is this an album? I'm not. No, 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 no. Like, no there's. You, I'm fucking tired. There's these these new Batman adventures on a podcast, and there's a series of them. I haven't got to them yet, so I can't crack this graphic novel. Because it's the nov- it's the graphic novelization of these podcasts. Oh, dude. That's yeah, hard. yeah. So I'm going to give them a spin. I'm going to give the podcast a spin before I get into the book. The reason why I'm bringing up these, these two other Batman titles is we have a shelf at at our comic shop, the the one we get, like we say, okay, uh, we're interested in this title every month. Whenever there's a new issue in, can you hold it? They put it on the shelf for us. Okay. Well, we went and Mrs. Snowy went to the counter, got my stuff from the shelf and all that. Oh, some of my titles are in great. Let's have a see which, which one they are. And I see these two Batmans. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, well, I never ordered these. I guess she did. Well, 
you know, Snowy will like these. I'll just order them for him. Okay, so I never questioned it. She never questioned it until we're halfway, you know, we're halfway home. And it kind of comes up in conversation. Well, I never ordered it. No, I didn't either. I thought you did. No, I thought you did. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, I'll take them anyways. You know, so I had to make sure to call the shop and explain the little dilemma and all this. It's just like, I think you guys, you gave me someone else's comics. Well, are you going to bring them back? Are you happy? Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'll take them. You know, don't don't worry. F- fuck ups happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just giving you the heads up that someone might be coming in looking for their Batman. <laughs> I, th- I thought this was one of those cases where the shop was just like, you know what? I bet Snowy will like these and just put it on your shelf. I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe that's what one of them did. OK, like we have these new titles. I bet you. Yeah, he'll dig them. And if he says, wait, these aren't mine. No, no harm, no foul. I'll just yeah. put them back on the counter. Maybe that's what they did. That's uh, kind of cool. The, the the comic shop that I went to before we moved down here was like that. Like, literally, stuff would show up. and be like, hey, I know you're a big uh, Rollins fan. Um, I, I found this weird indie comic called Glenn and Henry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and at the time, I'm like, what? Okay. And I got it home like this is amazing. Oh my goodness! Like, is, yeah, yeah. So stuff like that would show up all the time. Be like, yeah, it struck me you might dig this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, <laughs> I love when somebody knows me well enough to curate shit for me. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking like that. That that makes this trip so much more fun. You know? For sure, for sure. No, I I totally get that. The next day. I hit my first record convention for the first time in so long. Now it's not it wasn't it wasn't a huge thing. It was only about seven booths inside the lobby of our local art house theater, the Cinematech. And I was like, okay, well that's cool. I'll go down there and you know, um, former like radioactive metal alum Brad from Ear Control. We had him on earlier this year. Of course, he had a booth, so I had to go down, hang out with Brad. I'm sure he would have some cool stuff and all that. Check out the other booths. Who knows what kind of diamond in the roughs you can find at these at these conventions? To which I did. Okay. Uh, um. Yeah, I'm a Runaways fan. Oh, yeah. Okay, from back back in the day, and now even more. But I had no idea that Cherie Curry put out an album with her sister Marie. You know what? I feel like I read about that recently, but I I definitely (laughs) never heard it. Hey, well, I had no idea that this record even existed. I'm going through one of the other booths, and I'm flipping through things, and it's just like, Really? Yoink, okay, I'll take this. I don't even need to hear it or anything. Dude, what do you want for this? Ah, five bucks will do. Are you sure? Yeah, okay. All right, I'll take that. Never never heard of it. Don't care. Want it. Okay, there's a couple songs in there. Yeah, it sounded right out of the, the Runaways catalog. And then there was stuff that I'm like, what the hell? Okay, even if this record is still only, you know, 50 50 of what i would actually enjoy i just want it for five bucks like shit i spent that on coffee that day 
you know so yeah yeah so i grabbed that i hit um i hit mr brad's booth for eye and ear control and he has the new he had the new wolves in the throne room album primordial arcana and that actually came across the digital promotional copy came across my desk but no you need the you need the vinyl you need the physical copy and oh the vinyl is really sweet i could i can't quite describe what it is but it looks my color like i'm partially colorblind and um i don't know if this is just a gold or a really bizarre type of green but the vinyl looks like um either though one of those colors and it looks like like it's chip rock maybe or it's some form of stone it's not marble or anything like that it's just it's just this weird color and i opened it up you know and every time i buy new vinyls mrs snowy is right there let's have a look <laughs> she gets you know because this she doesn't really care about the music more often than not yeah. but like we we ooh and ah together at the vinyl and all that so we oohed we oohed and awed over that so that was really cool um Gonna say hello, shout out to Mike. He's one of the guys behind the uh, the Cinematheque itself. He had a booth. He was sharing a table with Brad, and he has had some really cool hardcore and punk and all that. And I found some really cool seven inches, courtesy of Hyrax, the the Hyrax, of course, with Kate Kate Depina. You know, he's still killing it. And all that, but I found this really the, a really cool EP, El Diablo Negro. Really, really cool stuff. Okay, it's old school, high high racks. And I found, and I have Earth Crisis Firestorm, straight edge hardcore band. I have that EP on cassette, but when I found the seven inch vinyl, it's like, dude, I gotta grab this. So I picked that up. We'll get into a couple of those, couple of those tracks but um i kind of capped off my excursion out to the record convention by seeing a film since it's right there in the cinematheque now i was kind of un under the impression that burst city okay the way they kind of phrased it in um in the on their facebook event page yeah at first like i thought that just 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 kind of the way they described it that it was a documentary about japanese hardcore and punk in the early 80s okay. and that it was going to be part of the convention you know like a, a freebie afterwards oh yeah, yeah okay you know? okay cool well it turns out that no no it's it it's a separate thing fine it's 10 bucks i'll check out this documentary I get in there, I sit down, I'm all excited, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? You all of a sudden, a it, it's, film, it's <laughs> what's that? You said you ended up in a porn film, didn't you? <laughs> no, 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 but you want to see for a while. Gordon instead of Flash I, Gordon. Yeah, I was, I, I don't know, because I got about halfway through this movie, and I'm like, Okay, this is not a documentary. I would have gone for some Japanese porn and all that because <laughs> all, all of a sudden, like, it starts off like oh, these this yakuza are members are 
are driving, you know, and it's like, this is, what is this, some sort of gangster movie? What the fuck's going on? Like, they called it a Japanese punk movie and all that. Okay, so what the hell is this? They get into the next the next sequence. This punk rock band is playing an outdoor gig, protesting the this new this new new nuclear power plant. Okay, well now this is kind of picking up, and now the yakuza is killing people, and all all of this is going on, and now these Mad Max type warriors show up. They start fighting the yakuza. And, and all that. it's like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? This is this is not what I paid for. This movie is fucked up now. So I'm kind of bummed at this. I had other things that I had to do, which I was late, you know, because the movie went two hours. I was thinking, ah, it's going to be an hour, hour 15, hour and a half. No, it was a good two hours. The clock is ticking. I got shit I got to do. And I'm watching this movie. Well, the next day, when I kind of, you know, sometimes you got to let some things just simmer in your brain for a while. Yeah. Well, I, I slept on it overnight. I let it simmer in my brain. And when I got up, it's like, you know what? You know, and looking at it in a different headspace. J Japan's Burst City. Dude, I'm going to recommend it. It turns out it's on uh, YouTube right now. Okay. If anyone wants to check that out. So it's actually a good way of capping off last weekend. Let's get into some tunes here. Really cool album across my desk. Came out today as we speak. The Mighty Armored Saint. Have a new live album, Symbol of Salvation, live, where a couple of years ago they played, you know, it's the old thing, we're going to play this record front to back. I guess Symbol of Salvation was probably ah, maybe one of their bigger albums, one of the ones they're most known for, at least from their Metal Blade days. So they went and that record is available today i'm going to recommend though getting the vinyl version because not only do you get the whole album live okay they have about four or five extra special or bonus demo tracks songs that didn't make the symbol record you know that they're now putting on and i gave these tracks a spin it's like okay these are actually really cool so instead of you know Doing the obvious thing and going with one of the, you know, a, a classic live Armored Saint song. Let's grab one of those demo tracks here. This is the Mighty Armored Saint from that new Symbol of Salvation live with nothing between the ears.
Claudio Simonetti from Claudio Simonetti's Goblin and I'm here on Radioactive Metal. George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room, not that room! Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the Dead. Meet me on the roof at 9 o'clock. Get out. I don't believe We're it. We're going to get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences. George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. They never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center. One of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. We've got a war. I'm afraid. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead.
The mighty Hyrax. Horns up, shout out to Caton, El Diablo, Negro. Really, really cool stuff. Go out, grab that stuff. And while you're at it, man, like grab that new Wolves in the Throne Room as well. That's that that's some really cool stuff. Even if you're just gonna check it out on Spotify or buy a digital download, okay, maybe you don't want the physical thing. It's just an all-around great record, primordial. Primordial Arcana, fantastic stuff. Dude, October is, uh, it's flying by. It really Time is, man. Time flies when you're fast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we got so much going on in this month with, uh, with movies at the aforementioned Cinematheque and just in regular theaters with movies like Halloween Kills. Yeah. And all that, like there, there's a lot, a lot going on 
One of the things that I'm going to be enjoying next week, okay, the week, the weekend of Halloween is I'm going to be checking out a Misfits tribute band. Rock on, dude. Yes, Winnipeg's own Psycho 78 is going to be hitting my home away from home, the Bulldog Theater, the Bulldog Event Center. Okay, now normally I'm not one for tribute bands. Okay, and I certainly don't like what I call jukebox bands, where it's just where a band goes on stage all night and just does cover songs. That's boring, you know, like no, no, you're just taking up valuable stage space for a real band. Halloween you know? is the one night of the year I can absolutely get behind a tribute band though, because it's like it definitely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was you reading my mind, dude. That's that's that was gonna be my next point exactly. Misfits, King Diamond, Kiss, like Alice Cooper. Like, if you're gonna go and see a tribute band, this is it. Fucking Guar. I, like, I wanna oh, see yes. I just wanna see someone try to pull Guar off. Uh, uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Guar barely pulls Guar off. Guar off. It's so much work. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and of course, when you talk about very Halloween-y type bands, dude, like the Misfits are, are, right, are right in that conversation. So that kind of got my attention, and it's like, you know what? It would be really cool if I sat down with the young gentleman behind this cool misfits tribute uh band i caught up with them at their rehearsal space and when they were done after they gave me my own private misfits tribute show basically just them jamming and rehearsing we sat down pressed record and they gave me the 411 on just being a tribute band and their love of the misfits. So without further ado, let's kind of jump into that. Um, we're going to speak to Evan, he of the Whatever Men here in Winnipeg, William and Scott from Mung, and journeyman drummer Drew, who seems to be in a whole bunch of other projects. The cool thing, I have to yeah. give Drew, okay, extra horns and an extra shout out because they were just jamming okay and he's got the paint on his face and the hair slicked down in front of his face in the one strand like the misfits do and all that i'm like dude like you're just jamming and you're going all out and it's like well i'm getting i'm getting into it fair enough fair enough extra horns to him and these guys are called the psycho 78s because i'm trying to find them on somewhere Oh, they might not have anything recorded. They're just... Well, no, I just want to find... I was looking for pictures. Oh, oh, well. Because yeah, I want to see if, if, if their instruments look authentic. Uh, I don't... Uh, you might not see pictures, but the the Bulldog Event Center Facebook page will okay. kind of have a pictures... will kind of have kind of sort of pictures of them and all that. So. Psycho, Psycho 78s, though. That's yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So while you're doing that, um, everyone take a couple minutes out. And this is our chat with Psycho78. First and foremost, I guess we could probably, since basically the idea is just talk, because being a 
Misfits tribute band. We should probably get into the whys and wherefores of your interest in the band. Where did you guys each first discover? Where? How? How old were you? What record did you guys first discover the Misfits? Uh, would have been. I was in high school, so like '85. Uh, so you're the old timer. I'm the I'm the old guy in the band. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> I, Legacy Brutality, I think, was probably the first record that I can remember hearing. Anyway, uh, I remember being at my buddy Rob's place, and he put it on, and Angel Fuck come on, and I went, "Holy shit!" And uh, fucking been in love with the band since. Right on, right on. I'm a, I'm I'm in I'm a '90s kid, so the first Misfits that I heard was obviously the Dig Upper Bone single that a lot of kids my age first first heard. Um, really, really got into Famous Monsters and stuff, and uh, yeah, that was that was my introduction to the Misfits. I uh, was, yeah, basically American Psycho and fucking Dig Upper Bones. <laughs> Right on, right on. Uh, fucking, I was probably about maybe 13, 14 years old. I got uh, Walk Among Us and Legacy of Brutality for fucking Christmas. And Holy shit. There's yeah, no yeah. way that my mother ever would have done that. <laughs> for real, I, I don't even know <laughs> where that came from at this point. <laughs> the only thing that mattered was I had these fucking records, right? Well, CDs at the time. Um, and yeah, fucking, I turned into a Martian, fucking 20 eyes, all that shit. I just put him on both. You know? He's still a Martian. He lost eighteen of the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I honestly didn't even pay attention to the song titles. I just fucking put him on play and fucking rocked out by myself in my basement room. The tennis racket playing, uh, thir- playing guitar. Thirteen, in the fourteen years old. Yeah, fucking um, back in uh, ninety-four, ninety-five. Right on. True. Uh, for me, it was. Man, I was super young, like six or something like that. And uh, my cousin showed me, I don't know what album, but my cousin showed me Misfits and I saw what they looked like and what they sounded like and I fucking fell into it and loved it ever since. My man. Yeah, and like, it's like a dream come true being a part of something that's related to Misfits because when I was a kid, I was like, I'm totally, like, when I grow up, I'm gonna have a death lock and I'm gonna fucking do these songs and then all of a sudden this band kind of fell into my hands and I was asked to play it. Right on, and, right you know, on, yeah. I can see make like, history. <laughs> you're even jamming and you got the look going yeah, and yeah. all that. Is that just rehearsed? Is that your own personal rehearsal for the uh, for I, when you play? Actually, every band I've ever been in, I've always done the face paint and stuff like that. So every jam that he shows up to, he looks like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just, yeah. It's Which just, I admire. You to work that. like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go to work like this, I would. <laughs> right on. Right on. That's a spirit. I mean, you um, probably could, but I haven't had a job for long. Yeah. 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 Do you, okay. That that's how you discovered the band. Anyone have like a favorite album and a favorite song? Uh, no, they're all good. <laughs> like, honestly, like hard to pick. I'm an early Misfits guy myself. Yeah, um, I, I I like the Grave stuff. I like, but I'm fucking like early Misfits, all that stuff. Um, uh, Static Age is probably my favorite album. Yeah, um, okay. yeah. But American Psycho would be a close second yeah. for me. Walk Among Us would tie with it. Yeah, no, I just love rather, it. Rather than rather than <laughs> uh, a favorite song, it's, uh, friggin' uh, Return of the Fly. That's fucking garbage. <laughs> I hate that one also. And Rat Fink. Like, what the fuck, man? You took Rag Mob from like, the Belmonts or whatever. Like, brain Eaters. Brain Eaters is a good. Brain Eaters. It's so good. 
remember I saw Brain Eaters on fucking TV one time, and I was like, how the fuck is this shit allowed on television? <laughs> <laughs> I was like blown away. But at the same time, I was like, it's fucking misfits. They deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. Um, okay. Coming from a secondary market, you know, we're out in the middle of isolated Canada. Did any of you guys ever get a chance to see them live? Yep. Uh, American Psycho Tour. They played at the Rendezvous. It was fucking. I was there. I was okay. so fucking hungover, dude, man. I just stood like fucking a ways back from the stage. I didn't move a fucking muscle the whole fucking night. Just stood there watching them. But they blew my fucking mind. It was great. And fucking loud. I was at that same show. And I did stand off to the back but the only reason was because I had a broken leg for the whole summer they were there in September I got my cast off in August and I didn't want to like you know fuck my own Risk shit it. up again yeah, yeah. Right. so I stood in the back and I watched it was fucking great it was so good I remember like when like Graves was like who knows Astro Zombies the crowd was dead silent <laughs> I was like I know it like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that song you know what I mean I just gave him a nod yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think my only time seeing it was would have been when we saw Graves and George Yeah, this, this guy. This guy was. And I worked. I did like basically not security, but I was Michael Graves' best friend because he was gonna make a can pipe, and I was like, <laughs> I actually got a real pipe, and he was like, Yo, he was like, You and me are gonna be best friends for the whole night, and I basically stood beside Graves the entire time because whenever he wanted to smoke, yeah. he would just like fucking. He'd come grab me. We'd go outside, and I fucking hung out with him. The whole night, even after the show, went back to the hotel with them. Yeah, because you were hung. staffing the show, right? Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, just fucking hung out with, like, literally, like, fucking, like, it's Michael Graves, like, a fucking icon in my life, and he was, like, my best friend for an entire night. <laughs> Got to fucking hang out all night long and uh, talked about crazy fucking stories that he told me about, you know, oh, him being in, being in the Misfits and stuff like that. It was fucking, that's probably the closest I've come to seeing the Misfits live. And he right. pretty much did a Misfits set. Yeah, oh yeah, I know, that was mm -hmm. full of his fucking, own tunes. Yeah. Well, I mean, those were his own tunes too, but yeah. Right, right. Was that, is that the only, were you the only one that had the opportunity to meet any of them? Did you guys ever Well, meet? Mung played that Mung show. Mung played, yeah, oh, okay. Mung got, played the show, so they got to meet him. But uh, nice I bet you like, I'm probably the only one closest to Michael. Graves. Yeah, like yeah. we kicked it with him. I should have grabbed his number and just been like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you ever need a pipe, just call me. I'll come to New Jersey. <laughs> I grabbed his ass. Don't make any more ten pipes, Michael. <laughs> yeah. You don't need those no more. I got you. Right, right, right. What of the controversy, though, that Graves being a part of the Proud Boys or organization, like, What's what's your I reaction to that? A little bit about that. I didn't really get the whole fucking deal. He, all I got was somebody said this guy did something, and, he, and then Graves said no, he didn't, and then everything fucking went crazy. That's as far as I got into it. I don't know. Personally, uh, I don't pretty much everyone fuck, here like, hates politics. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Personally, yeah. Politics are fucking stupid. I if could, you believe in something, by all means, fucking do you. But besides that, it's. You know, I separate the art. From what I heard, he put his right. fucking foot in his mouth. Yeah, and I'll agree with that 100. <laughs> like, percent It is what it is. You're still like, fucking I've never Graves done that. Me. You're still okay. my childhood hero and shit. You know, like I don't give a fuck what you believe in. Like, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's about separating the art from the artist, right? I mean, well, because it's because we never knew shit. shit about his beliefs and loved his music for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, now yeah. I don't like it. But there again, you're God to be damned to Who gives a shit? It's not like he caused me to anybody or anything. Well, yeah, you know. Right. I don't know. Okay. Um, I stay away from that stuff. Like, uh, I, I stay away from that stuff. I support Loki. Fucking support from him. 
whatever. That's cool. Do what you got to do. Uh, but it's all internet bullshit. At the I end still of the listen day. to the fucking You're albums. Fucking posting mm -hmm. shit and makes you a bad person. Like cancel culture is a fucking stupid way of looking at it. But you know if if you say something that you believe in, that's your fucking belief. I'm not going to change my opinion about you just because you believe in something that I don't. Disagree with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're we still agree to disagree. Being, you know? All right. Right. You just I I could see like the younger generation because okay like. We had this idea of punk, well, especially you, like when, 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 when we when we Before were younger. Before punk was around, yeah, this guy we, was just like, we, "What do I do with right, my life?" That's right. We had this idea of of what punk was, and for the most part, I still kind of believe that. But now, you you hear like J Johnny Rotten is like this big fucking Trump supporter yeah. now, which in nineteen in the seventies, fuck, that's that's not what what. The sex pistols were totally that's no, not what no, 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 now he just sounds that's like an angry old guy yeah funny. now he's just this bitter old man that sounds like my dad <laughs> yeah, you know yeah yeah he's when you're old, well you know what it, like it, it seems to me the trend of anybody who fucking uh accumulates capital in their life they want to fucking protect the capital right and then as they get older they start to care more about their egg right and that seems to be the general like slide into conservatism that a lot of people do you know what I mean? And it's all based around fucking money, it seems. You know, I don't know, but the mm -hmm. seems all be based around the lower case. But then again, <laughs> at the end of the day, punk is about being yourself and like doing what you want to fucking do and being a, like, you know, being comfortable in your own skin and shit. And yeah, Drew Rodden's like, fucking comfortable wherever he fucking yeah, he sleeps can, because he's <laughs> fucking sleeping on a pile of money. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He can be a Trump supporter all he wants. It doesn't mean the fucking sex pistols are like... Yeah, well, sex pistols are yeah. they're all right. They're pretty good. They had, yeah. one, they, they had one good album. <laughs> they got one good album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a big fan of the pistols. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't the fucking, they were, I mean, they were no clash by any I mean, stretch. Fucking, no. <laughs> oh my God. Ramones yeah. over fucking pistols any day. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Ramones 100%. over pistols any day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we want to get into it. I would take Aqua over the pistols, but <laughs> but I'm just a Barbie girl. Yeah. <laughs> but fucking Marky even filled in for like for the drummer of Misfits, and that just like shows why fucking Ramones are better than Sex. I think they came here with uh, <laughs> yeah, with Jerry only on the fucking tour with that. Was Marky in there? I believe so. Or nice. Marky's yeah. trick thing, you mean? Uh, no, or it was the, uh, Jerry no, only the Misfits. It was three oh, D's. And they're like, was that was with Dez Carbano or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had the black flag. I think that's where the university or something like that. Doing the fucking 1950s project thing. Damn, that was awesome. Don't give a fuck. The cover that fucking they did
salsa yeah, no, or something. He, he I just watched that fucking the other day. Yeah, no. Who is uh, who is the opponent? And they, they they just like creeped around the ring and just fucked with the other guy and Vampiro yeah, yeah. fucking won. Their announcer fucking dude. Yeah. There was a knockoff of JR. They also, they they also barbecue sauce. Up. That's what it was. They also yeah, showed up to sauce. a non televised event when Vampiro was in a cage match with Macho Man mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, the Misfits went like Vampiro won by escaping the ring, and then they opened up the door, and all four of the Misfits went in and just destroyed Macho Man. They just fucking uh, destroyed Jerry him. Yeah. It was an untelevised event. There's, I've only seen pictures of it, but uh, yeah, no, they went in and like beat the shit out of Macho Man, and Macho Man was the one that came up with the concept of I'm gonna lose this to Vampiro. Only because I want the misfits to come into the cage and beat the shit out of me. So it was Macho Man's fucking idea. Hats off to the Macho well, Man. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He was my numero uno. Oh, oh yeah. Never do Slim Jim. Because let me tell you, Hogan, when I come down there. And the pinky. What was it? The pinky all the time. Because he couldn't move his fucking ring finger. Oh. Index finger bottom. Because it was all yeah. fucked up. Yeah. So and of your course, there was, there was major heat between Savage and Doyle over. Gorgeous George. Oh yeah, Gorgeous. Yeah, because when when Doyle did, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Frank, Gorgeous Frankenstein. It was he was dating Gorgeous George at the time. Yeah, and she does backing vocals on two songs off that album, and it's the first time she ever sang. But then when they broke up, uh, Gorgeous George wanted some fucking entitlement to the album, so that's why Ooh. Doyle was like, "I'm not doing Gorgeous." Frankenstein anymore because I don't want to fucking pay anybody oh, shit. So he <laughs> fucked off and then he came up with Doyle, which he's doing with Alex from um, yeah. Dancer Slug. Dancer Slug. Yeah. That sounds like Misfits politics. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Not gonna make money. Just, out. just pulled, yeah. pulled the page right out of Jerry Only's book. Like yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with this shit. <laughs> gotta give. I gotta give Doyle credit. He's how old? How old is he now? Mid fifties. He's finally he's, getting. He's, the, he's finally getting the saggy. He's the saggy old man. Okay, but yeah, he's, he's, look, 50, he's a couple more now. Now. A couple years older. I think he's fifty four. But for okay. his age, goddamn. Yeah, and he's involved with. What's her name from Arch Enemy? Alyssa White Clivis. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, holy jeez, dude! This guy's my hero. Who is that? Oh, Angela Gasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever oh, seen Doyle in an interview, though, man? That guy is like just cool <laughs> as a fucking cucumber, man. Like, and he hates yeah. doing that shit. He ate, yeah, you could, well, like, yeah. Social anxiety. He's like, I don't like talking. My favorite yeah. interview yeah. was the one that when Doyle was like, they're like, oh, uh, the band's rehearsing. Like, you're not out there? And he's like, no, I don't need to fucking rehearse. I, I play the same shit every night. I don't need yeah, to fucking yeah, rehearse. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm like, not a guitar player. He even says himself, he's like, I'm not a guitar player. Like, I play Misfit songs. That's it. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I don't know. That's the actual guitar players behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Now he's actually on stage. AC Slade plays the fucking Misfit shows behind. Uh, Jerry only, and you see him, and he's just fucking working the whole time, and Doyle just stomps around and yeah. fucking. Well, that's what he's, he's there for the show, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, and that's what people pay for. That's what they want to see. They, they want, want to see Doyle. Doyle. They yeah. want to see I don't see Doyle yeah, sitting there fucking. Yeah, no, he'd be fucking up the whole time. Doyle can't do that. Oh, okay, whatever. Well, Doyle even said himself, like power chords are all you need to play guitar, and it's like bring us in whenever you want. That's true. Bring us in whenever. Oh no, no, no. This is 
like for what I had, I was like, geez, I, I hope these guys are really talkative and all that. Yeah, so, just goes yeah. dead quiet now. <laughs> this, is, this is working perfect. <laughs> we're like, yes. <laughs> I've had interviews like that, like yeah. where the, the, the subject is like, oh my God. It's like, dude, don't be nervous, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cool. It's just cool. whatever, I think all whatever of us you can, do, don't say fuck. Yeah, I think all of us could talk about misfits all day long if we really wanted to. Right on. Well, guys. then that kind of answers Who? my next question. Then, why why a tribute? We want to fucking be better because. because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that we we're said gonna it, fucking when, uh, kill it. When I was like fucking like super young, like when I first heard the misfits, I'm like, dude, man, like I just started playing guitar like maybe a year or two before. And I was like, fuck, man, if I'm ever in a fucking Misfits cover band, we're going to be called Psycho 78. Which that, was, which was, was just fucking legit. Like which fucking, was actually funny. I said those yeah. words 60, in the 90s. 60 years because, later. Because, yeah, how, yeah. This, how this band originally came out, came out together, right? Yeah. It's like uh, Scott and Scott, like, yeah. Scott like, wanted to do this for a while, right? Like, yeah. for, and then I've you, done Misfits covers in other bands, like yeah. my whole fucking life. We even did it among. Yeah. 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 So, so the two of them, uh, uh, Will and Scott, you start talking about Will and do a Misfits cover band, and I, I don't know what what you guys yeah. and decided the, to contact me about or whatever, but you decided we to. Said, we talked about the idea, and then I just threw everything on Will's lap. So you fucking take care of it because oh, I ain't doing yeah. shit. I want to do a Misfits <laughs> cover band. I said if we do that, we're gonna yeah. be called Psycho Seventy Eight. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so and so I don't even like in the other bands I play, and I'm a guitar player. I don't even play bass. I happen to have just bought a bass before yeah. like this came and together. I knew you had a bass and that you're fucking, you're good at what you do. Well, yeah, I'm a rhythm guitar. player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so, so now you got a bass and I was like, let's get that. Yeah, so he, so he contacted like, yeah. me. He's like, hey, man, do you, Scott wants to do a Misfits band. And I was like, hey, you know what? That sounds awesome. And then he's like, I'll get back to you tomorrow. And I thought about it for a day and I got back to him before he said anything else to me. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'll do it. We need to call ourselves the fucking Psycho 78s. Yeah. And then he was like, we were already going to fucking call ourselves that. <laughs> and all we need is a drummer, man. Who do you think can drum? And, like, and, no, like, and then you made a post. Yeah. If I was ever in a Misfits cover band, it would be called Cycle 78. Yeah. You were the and first I was like, And he, I was yeah. the only... I, I, and I don't like shit all on... I don't push like on anything on the internet. I don't fucking heart. <laughs> I don't fucking put emojis and all that bullshit. <laughs> but I saw that and I was like... I like that. It's, it's and then, so like funny. the next day, the next day, well, that night, I that night, I talked. Yeah, I talked to Will. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, like, I posted this thing, and it's like I said, and the only person who's hit like, guess what? Drew, fucking, you know, Dirty Dead, Doghouse <laughs> Drew. It's like, man, would but, he like, not fucking, be the perfect the fucking only drummer? That face but paints. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking said. Talk to Drew. Yeah, to Drew. And then, and then you sent me the screenshot of his. That's first right. Light. Yeah, I said. Yeah, I said. Like, I said you should ask Drew. And then two hours later, he was the only person that liked that post, and I showed him. I screenshot him. There showed him go. like it's a sign, man. You got to ask you him. You got to do it. And so we asked him, and he was like, like fuck, yeah. I never fucking hit yeah. that button. I don't like shit. <laughs> yeah. Week later, <laughs> fucking boom. Yeah. yeah I mean, we right. when we and then when we first came here, I remember the first practice we did whore business. You fell downstairs. We did. I fell down the stairs. No, you fell down the stairs. No, that was not the first one. Oh no, I was the first one. You were the the next. I got treacherous stairs. We did Psycho '78, and I remember like we fucking did that song all the way through. And when it was done, we kind of all looked at each other and we're like, "Oh fuck, this might work. This is fucking crazy." Like, because yeah, no, we fucking. I remember we punched out that first song like. Fucking get on. Kicked it square in the nuts. I mean, we struggled through some other ones, but that first song when we first fucking started was like dead on. And it was like, oh shit, this might work. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the, it's like the fucking theme song, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What about criticisms? Like four times. What about what about criticisms about 
tribute band. They can suck my balls. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. They're yeah. just fucking jealous that they didn't come up with this first. That's all that is. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's all like, like, like I think the, I think we're like the the city has had a trend, especially a couple of years ago. There was a really like there was like that three four month stretch where there was a whole bunch of tribute shows going on, yeah. right? Right. And uh, and it was bringing a lot of it was bringing a lot of draw, and like a lot of the venues that were doing it were like, hey, let's do like a couple more of these. Mm-hmm. And just getting local bands to form tribute groups and do because it would it would get more it's, sadly it get more draw, people yeah it would draw more people than than you typically would these days at least yeah. for mm-hmm. for a, an, a completely original show and uh, yeah for a while there was a lot of criticism in the scene about like oh god like all we're seeing is all these tribute shows popping up and everything right if mm-hmm. I want to hear years ago, stay at home put a fucking yeah. album on I'm not paying ten bucks but, to get into yeah. yeah but 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 like I don't know like for for this thing it seems more like a passion for the band itself There's that we just want to do. You know what I mean? Right. And we don't want to do want to do it over and over to make money, cr- crazy amounts of money. We want to just like do a wicked Halloween show. You know what I mean? Like we'll, we'll play maybe maybe once or twice a year. Maybe if we're if it's asked of us. You know what I mean? But we don't want to like try to fucking make money off the Misfits songs or something. We just want to be an actual tribute and pay respect to them and like give people a wicked show. Right. You know. And and the fact that it's Halloween. Yeah, that's the key. That's that's what I was thinking. It's like, okay, I'm not big on this. I'm not big on the tributes and all that. Like it was really, really brutal in the late 80s into the early 90s in the metal scene in Toronto, where they were monopolizing bar, the bar scene and stage time and like original bands just were having a really hard go of it. But oh, that's that was brutal. But for something like this, it's Halloween, a one off show. Why it's not? A, it's Have fun. It's, it's, it's about the pageantry almost so about this one, right? Because right. it's Halloween, event. like like it's, it's gonna be an event, man. Like well, we're we're completely, you know, like full duds. Like we're gonna be in the full like painted getup. You know, we got a smoke machine going coming. We got like you know we're gonna be projecting shit on the fucking wall behind us. <laughs> I'll be naked. I think the other yeah. thing is too though is that we're no. we're not just doing this just to do a Halloween show. We're we're doing this because like we fuck love playing the Misfits and shit like that. It's we wanted to debut on Halloween. Yeah. As and then like a follow full, up with 14 yeah. shows in the next 12 months. Exactly. It wasn't supposed to be like, no, oh, no. once off, like we're going to practice and do one fucking Halloween show. Halloween is to debut, so everybody fucking like, you know, the hype is around the Halloween aspect, but at the same time, I mean, we could still do a fucking Christmas show as a fucking Misfits, yeah. you know? Like people, yeah. A lot of people hate fucking Christmas and love Halloween, yeah. they'd come to that. They actually yeah. did. Uh, but, but like, you, pl- you place it where it makes sense, right? You don't want to fucking yeah. shove it in people's faces. Well, yeah, and like, we, we, we had, had, but not that. Didn't you get an, uh, <laughs> an offer from the... The Albert about in like September or something like that, and it's yeah, just like well, no, we don't want to last do, year. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah for we want to debut our... on Halloween. It doesn't mean that we're just gonna play Halloween's. We're gonna fucking play when we can. This is actually but... like uh, the our first show was like fucking a year ago. We're supposed to fucking debut a year ago, and yeah. uh, before that, yeah, we did get an offer from the Albert, and we're committed to our friends who run the Bulldog Event Center. Um, fucking love you, Mark. Love you, Sky. Um, hey guys, that, that's where we wanted to do it, mm-hmm. and, and so like I, I let them know. I was like, "No, man, we're committed to this. That's where we're fucking gonna do it." Uh, unfortunately, hashtag fuck off COVID uh, shut everything down, and uh, now we're doing it a year later, <laughs> and uh, this is gonna be it. And, and it, it's awesome because like fucking we got 
another year of practice, you know? Mm-hmm. We stopped practicing for a few months. Oh then God. we got back on it, and now... Uh, but even when we came back, we were fucking still solid as shit. Well, right? we were. I know where you were. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad this is happening, and it's on Halloween. That's how we wanted to do it. That's how we're going to do it. And jiggity-yak, hibbity-hoo-ha. Don't come back. Right on, right on. And finally... Just for shits and giggles, would there be another band when you and you guys would might wanna Lars and the Bastards pay, pay tribute to? Oh, Lars and the Bastards! Lars and the Bastards! I've been I've been I've been thinking about doing that for a few years. Fuck! And I, I would I, I would me in on that. Yeah. I want that one. All right. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, had talks with another friend of mine who's a fucking um, stool mover. Oh, I mean, like like a pillar in the punk scene. Um, wanted to do a tribute to. Uh, Distillers L7. Oh, I would do Distillers. Nice. Distillers. Nice. Yeah, I would do Distillers. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Got, you got to get the right, the I right, can already, the right go for that, man. Yeah, I can already play a ton of Distillers yeah. songs on drums. I, so. Whatever man cover Distillers, too. Yeah, City of Angels. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Oh, City of Angels? That's a good song. I'm thinking I might start a Whatever Man cover band. <laughs> <laughs> My man. <laughs> I'm in. I'll play drums. All right. <laughs> Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Wake up, sleepyhead. It's body time! Rock and roll will never die. At least not this Halloween. You've heard of raising spirits from the dead by incantations, right? Yes. I did that by playing the record backwards. You're kidding. Sammy Kerr. He's a rock and roll nightmare. I am a big fan of yours. I've got all your records. Shut up! We are the bay, and they is you. This message is meant for me. How can you listen to this stuff? Rock and roll! Rock it up in the sand! Shut it up! What have you done to your stereo? I wanted a new one. Sammy Kerr. His fans won't let him die. He won't let them live. You should be loyal to your hero. Make it turn on you. Or treat. Looks like we better check out the party punch. Right on, right on. Thanks, Evan, William, Scott, and Drew for inviting me into your abode and having that uh, wicked chat and 
Okay, the 22nd, the 29th, this will be available. Okay, later on tonight, if you're listening to this Friday morning, later on tonight, I will be front row center checking out Psycho 78 Live and all that. You were checking them out during the interview, eh? Yeah, man. So, I, just, I, I love when a band takes the the tribute thing to like the right level right so like they they look good without completely looking like a misfits ripoff um they've got like the the horror imagery going on but just the guitarist uh, a, a the the picture here is beautiful because it's like the real grainy like misfits album cover kind of thing mm-hmm. and the name is will w-i-l-l Mm-hmm. And the initial E, right? And then the last name, R Y Z A G A I N, Rise Again. So, Willie really Rise Again. <laughs> rise Again, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, hey, get it for you. Coyote. Like, <laughs> shit, that's good stuff. Right. Yeah. That's right. I guess it's. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a fantastic chat with them. Just, just. You know, and it just, and I asked, as you heard, I asked some of the tough questions that maybe a Misfits fan, you know, might not necessarily want, want, want to confront or think about, or, or even just the idea of tribute bands in general. Like I've been very critical of them in the past and I kind of threw it at the boys and said, you know, like a case could be made that, that tribute bands can are actually like cancerous to the music scene you know like if 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 you get too many of them okay and like people just have a natural uh, a natural draw towards music that they're familiar with like more often than not oh did i lose you no no i'm still here okay Okay, that's that's why, okay, like a band, an amazing band like Vicious Rumors, okay, comes to Winnipeg and 20 people are there, okay, but some people might not necessarily know who, who they are, but like if some some tribute band or whatever is doing their thing on a Friday night at a different club, that place is packed. Okay, because, yeah, people want to piss it up and they want familiar tunes and all that. And, like, as I said in the interview, explaining to the guys that the Toronto scene, the late 80s going into the 90s, the tribute scene was just killing, killing the the Toronto scene because all the the clubs were doing for, for that period were bringing in these tributes and cover bands and all that. Meanwhile, you know actual real bands wanting to you know do gigs and progress are getting left out in the cold because the you know like okay and i also understand you run a bar you need to sell beer you need to get as many asses into the into your establishment as you can and more often than than not a tribute band will do that that's my that's my take on it. Sorry? Well, I was going to say, here's my thing on it, right? Um, especially in the 90s, right? 
the tribute bands were giving you what you weren't getting from your bands. This this is this is how I look at it. And this might be one of those times where I turn a lot of people off. But um, I'm going to liken this back to the guitar market. Okay. In the um, in in like the late like mid to late seventies, brands that were the gold standard that essentially are the brands that we know today, Gibson and Fender, right? Like like think think about those two brands. Like they they were the whole reason we have the rock and roll that we have today, and you had this huge explosion. Like they started doing their thing, and then. You know, the Beatles hit, Hendrick hits, all this sort of stuff. So by the 70s, everybody and their brother wanted to get in on this guitar market because this is, you know, there's gold in them there hills kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so Fender sells to CBS, big corporation, and the quality goes to shit. And I can't remember what happened to Gibson, because I've, I've never been as big of a Gibson fan as I am Fender, but it was a similar thing where all the quality went to shit. So... In come the Japanese, and we've already talked tonight about the Japanese and their dedication to quality and that sort of stuff. So the Japanese are like, "Oh, these guitars suck. Let's 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 build a really good one." So companies like Ibanez are making exact copies, um, and these guitars are affectionately referred to as the lawsuit era guitars of Ibanez. <laughs> but, um, okay. They're making exact copies of a Gibson Les Paul that plays better than what you could get from Gibson. You know, and you had companies that were doing that for Fender and that sort of stuff because they sucked. And if you think about where we were in the 90s with the, the death of you know, hair metal, the rise of grunge, and you know, like probably the most popular um the most popular, like, not cover, but like tribute band in my area was this one uh, Kiss Kiss cover band. I can't remember if it was Mr. Speed, but they played like the regions and would go through and they, they would do the full show. They'd have the heels, the costumes, the instruments. And, you know, you go to a bar and you'd see like 1970s Kiss. And mm-hmm. because if you think about what we were getting from Kiss at that time, I mean, I'm a diehard Kiss fan. Everything they fucking put out, I was all over like I, I, I never let go, right? Never let go. Um, but I really think that that tribute market, uh, at least for like bands that were kind of fading and then have made some major comebacks, um, like Kiss, Kiss for example, would be like, oh, yeah, like look, look how this this like bar bands filling this place because they're doing what we used to do. And then you get Kiss coming back in makeup. I mean, they've been in makeup longer this time than they were before. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like the tribute band fills a void in what people want for the entertainment market. Like if you're just not feeling the quality, you know, and, and I totally see your point about does it cannibalize the actual music scene? But if it is, well, take a look at like, what are they what are they really looking for? Is it just the songs? Is it the whole show? And, you know, if if you don't want to do covers, well, then beef up your songwriting and put on a show. Like, figure out what your niche is. You know? Yeah, but I, I don't know if you could necessarily... Like, you... Uh, like, an independent artist could write, like, the best 
thing like the best song you're ever going to hear but if if they're if they're not if they're not discovered through no fault of their own you know like they're just not going they're not going to no no matter how good the damn song is it's just not going to go anywhere i've we've heard so many great artists over these past 15 years doing the show that this band should have been huge but they just didn't catch that break meanwhile you know this so no matter how good you know this song this band is it's just you know until they catch that break they're not going to be able to compete with you know i'm using this term again familiar tunes because that's that's what people that's that's what people want and that's what you know like i said the bar the bars the bars need people in there buying their beer to to stay afloat so i understand that just as a musical connoisseur, tributes always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But like we said at the beginning of this interview, though, this is the time to do that. To do the Misfits, to do Alice oh, Cooper, yeah. to, to, to do Kiss. Because it makes sense to do it. And if you're not a full-time tribute act, if you're only doing it a couple times a year, well then, you know, more power to you. And like, like if, if you're the band that's, that hasn't maybe had your success yet, this could also be the thing that could kind of get your foot in the door. So let's, let's say that you're a band that you've been you know doing the grind. Maybe you're not getting that many people out, but you're like, you know what guys, let's have some fun this, this Halloween. Let's, let, let's, let's dress up as kiss and do a, you know, a handful of kiss songs, but then play your own stuff, but all right. dressed as kiss. Like, People would go see that because they're like, oh, yeah, I'd love to see that kiss. Or, or like if you say, we're going to do Alice Cooper 1970, whatever, Welcome to My Nightmare. We're going to build that entire set and do that whole show, but play your own music and maybe a couple Alice Cooper covers. You know, like that kind of stuff will get people through the door. You know? But, but then you, you get the, it, there's the old the old joke. You know, we're going to do a new one. And then dead, dead, well, dead silence. You can hear a pin drop. You know what, though? Like, like, dude, it's always tough when your band's starting out. Because, I mean, I remember, you know, when, when we had our band, you know, 20-some, fuck, is it getting 30? Oh, God, no. It's only 20-some. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. But, um, like, the early shows, there was nobody there. But then towards the end, when everything finally fell apart, it and it's funny, that's kind of why I relate to this Nikki Six book when he talks about London. Like when, you know, when London had put in all their time and they were packing the place out, that's when everything started falling apart and then he started uh, Molly Crew. And right. like same thing for the band that I had at the time, like, you know, we'd have nobody showing up, but we would play everywhere we could and, you know, just getting the word out, getting cassettes out, CD demos, all this sort of stuff. And then we were packing places, like packing places, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we only did like one or two cover songs and the cover songs we were, cause and we're, you know, we're, we're playing metal. And so it was always our own stuff, you know, so we, we and we didn't start doing cover songs until <clears throat> we started playing a couple of the, the bigger venues that want us to play longer. Mm -hmm. And um, when I said we did a cover, hang on. Um, oh my goodness, what's the name of the song? 
Oh, I, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's a hip hop song. It's like, I want to la la lick you from your head to your toes. We're going to move the bed down to down to the floor. Uh, oh, what's your fantasy? That's it. Okay. I have fantasy? no idea what that is. Exactly. You wouldn't. Right. Because <clears throat> that's, that's totally not your thing. But it was it was a fun thing for us to be like, you know what? What if we took this song? Because I mean, like, it's, it's a good song. It is. Okay. You know? Um, and like, well, but what if we do it totally metal? So like it, that's, you know, I'm, I'm doing like the, the hip hop kind of rapping lyrics to it, but we weren't doing it with like death metal screaming vocals. I want to la, 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 look you from your head to your toe. <laughs> Just that chunking on the move, you know, like, like, and people are like, what the fuck is happening? You know, but then like for the, um, for like the main verse part, we would bring it all back down and have a groove that people could dance to. So like the girls that knew that stuff would actually come out, but then the dudes could act who would be like, I'm never going to fucking listen to that could actually enjoy the song, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that was just us just, you know, goofing around, having a good time. Oh yeah. No, I get that. I'm, I'm all for cover songs. Every, every album. Okay. Should have a cover song on it like just you 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 have your 10 10 regular songs and as as a bonus track a cover song like a band that i like today doing a song from yesteryear or maybe if it's a metal band you know doing an old punk song or vice versa or whatever just cover songs are fun but when that's your only thing well uh, uh, yeah i'm with you on that i mean that was the megadeth formula for years right seven originals and a cover yeah, yeah. I think all the way up to Rust. There was no, no, no covers on Rust. Yeah, no covers. That was really the first time they broke it. Cause I, I I'll never forget hearing their cover of "I Ain't Superstitious," which mm -hmm. I thought was brilliant. And then um, <laughs> these boots are made for walking. Like some some of the that that's a great example yeah. of a cover song. Yes. Yeah, cause it cause it's nowhere near the original. And mm -hmm. it's brilliant. And it works so well the way that they do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like back to this misfits thing, man. Like I I until recently, I would have really been all for it because like you we have not been getting the misfits we want to see, right? And recently we've got Doyle back, we've got Jerry only back, and we've got Danzig, like all original misfits. And I don't know who the fuck's on drums, but I mean, like the mis the Misfits drummer to me is kind of like Spinal Tap. It's like he's gonna implode, whatever. <laughs> Just get somebody back there can hold a rhythm, you know. Mm -hmm. But like you've got to have those three guys, and so getting those three guys back is like, oh yeah. And then there's the visual, right? So, um, that, the thing the thing with like Jerry only and the Misfits is because I saw him. <laughs> My wife was pregnant with our daughter, I believe. Um, and, we, and we went to see the Misfits. And, you know, Jerry's like 50, 55, I think, at the time. And it was great because you have these, you know, two local punk bands who were, well, I think one was local, one might have been touring with them. But they were like half his age. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're doing like a 10-song set or whatever. Like they're doing their 30, 45 minutes. And, and they, like they look worn out. Jerry comes out. Does it Ramon style 
only stops every now and then to say a couple of things to the audience, and they just don't fucking stop for two hours. Right on. Like they just go like a freight train, and then at the end of that, he puts the bass down. He goes out in the crowd and signs everybody's stuff. <laughs> it's not even like, oh, come meet me here, give me a couple minutes. Nope. Like walks right out and just meets the crowd. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a rock star. Like that's, that is that's somebody fantastic. like, like there is mm-hmm. nothing else he could do but that, you know? And, um, uh, ten, was it 10 years? I think about, probably about 10 years before that, 2001, I was at the only California NAM show I got to go to for anyone who doesn't know what NAM is. NAM is the national association of music merchants. The big one happens in January. Well, it used to happen in January because, you know, COVID um, mm-hmm. in Anaheim, California. And so I'd been to a few and that's how I met Gene Simmons of Kiss, like in Nashville. But I really wanted to go to California. So um, the music store I was working at, I said, I'm going to go to this one. Here's what we're going to do. Like, and I, I paid my own way. I'm like, just get me through the door. I'll, I'll pay my hotel, my, my ticket. I just really want to go. And then I even got the owner to let me take a buddy of mine, like put him in and get him his NAM ticket. And we, we hung out. So we're going by, I think it was Dean Markley. Right. And who do I see? Well, no, hang on before that, before that. So I see this guy walking and I see this base and I'm like, and, I, and the body catches me at first, but then I, I, I look up to the headstock and there's this giant skull on the base. I'm like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. I'm like hitting my buddy. I'm like, that's, that's Jerry Only's base. That's Jerry Only's base. And so I stopped the guy. Like, cause he was a young kid. Couldn't have been like, you know, my, like, couldn't have been older than me. He was probably younger than me. I'm like, dude, can I, can I, can I take a picture of you holding that? He's like, Sure. And, you know, I stopped and I snapped a picture. And this is back in the days of film camera, right? You know, I had a camera mm-hmm. that was a film on me. Yeah. And then he's like, dude, you want to pull it? You want to put it on? Have your picture taken with it? I'm like, fuck. No, <laughs> no. Like, like, are you sure? Is that cool? Ah, fuck yeah. It's it's cool. And um, so I put it on and my buddy takes pictures. I have this picture of me wearing Jerry's base, you know, on the NAM floor. And I still have the picture floating around here somewhere. Um, and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This can't get any better. And so then Jerry is signing autographs later. Right. And I go to the booth and I'm like, Oh, this is great. And I'm just, I'm just trying to hang back and and stay out of things. And I'm taking pictures. Jerry sees me. He points to me and he goes, you, and just the way he's looking at me, I'm like, Oh fuck! He knows I was wearing jeans. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm like shitting my pants, dude. I'm like, oh fuck! I'm like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked right here. Cause I mean, like, this is fucking Jerry only. These guys are the original punks. If there's one thing these fuckers can do, it's fight. I'm dead. Right? Well, probably, yeah. I'm like, oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! He goes, get up here. You want to get a picture? Cause he could tell that I was like, kind of hanging back, but just didn't want to get in anybody's way. He's like get over here. He called me up, put his arm around me and we took a picture and he signed an uh, autograph for me. Nice dude. Like, like, like I can never say enough great things about Jerry only, you know, the, no matter mm-hmm. what anybody feels about what the drama has been with the misfits or anything like that, or, you know, any of the different albums they've done just, I, I will always go see 
you know, I always got to see the Misfits if I can, you know, and especially Jerry only. Just what a great fucking guy. Right on, right on, right on. You've, you've interviewed. Yeah. The, the Misfits. Okay, not, it wasn't for Radioactive Metal. I don't think we've had yeah. any of the Misfits on. No, that would have that been for, um, for Iron City Rocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what's, who did you speak with there? Jerry only. Oh, same same thing. Yeah. Okay, it was so great, dude. Like, and I and I told him the story about the Nam show. <laughs> Did he remember? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right on. It was fun, man. Like, just just such a great guy, and and like, but I mean, like, you know, you look at you look at a band like the original Misfits, and you look at what Jerry did to keep it going, and most of the the rest of the world would have never known that the Misfits were still going, right? Mm-hmm. And if somebody heard like, oh, the Misfits, you mean that old like horror punk band from the eighties? Dude, the venue was packed that night when I saw them. They're still packing the place out, and it's just because they they kept giving everybody what they wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. They just kept doing it, and just just the dedication to being a musician. It just is just amazing. And just just yeah. the complete package. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely um, October. October music and just like like I said, like the whole thing. For sure, for sure. Well, um, okay, then what I'm gonna have to do is next week I'm gonna have to take lots of pictures, yes. put them up on the face up up on the face space and all that, and just the I wish pages. wish you were in the Insta pages, right? I'm uh, I wish you were could make it up here in time to check that out. I'm sure uh, a lot of people up here actually want to meet you like a lot of people know who you are just for being my co-host up up here in the scene so yeah i wish we kind of got you up here for this i think it's going to be a really good time me too man like, like just more more and more the old, the older i get i just like oh i wish i lived someplace closer to the people <laughs> i get to talk to like i was trying to explain to my kids the other day because my my daughter's actually like dad when you podcast what do you do and i was explaining it and then I was explaining, she's like, well, where is he at? I'm like, well, he's up in Canada. And I'm like, and we've never, ever met face to face. And they're like, what? Like, they, they just, they can't wrap their head around that, you know? Right. Oh, I know adults that can't. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like, no, that's what we do. And I mean, like, I hadn't met Rock and Kareen until a few years ago. And that was just mm-hmm. by luck. You know, a work trip happened to coincide to the state of Florida and then we started to drive across Florida to meet him. But I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, like, like, you know, the way things are working, we're going to be here this day. Let's all meet up. And we did. It was a great time, you know. For sure. For sure. Right on, right on. And, of course, every week is a great time with our Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. We uh, we name dropped Los Angeles a couple times throughout this show, so we just happened to have some good L.A. boys in tonight's Indie Spotlight. I want to introduce everyone to Jason and Matthew Williams, together with hired, I guess he's hired gun, but Kevin Talley 
death metal journeyman drummer they all got together and put out the new release from defilian or def defalian or delphilian or i really don't i'm i always suck at these names but i guess it would be defilian their their latest record somnambulant somnambulant for goer is available now it came across my desk really really cool death metal out of the city of angels so let's get into all of that this is defilian with drip me towards the ground <laughs> Yeah, 
Delphilian.bandcamp.com slash releases, Facebook.com slash Delphilian Metal, D-E-L-P-H-A-I-A-N. So I guess I was pretty close. I don't know if I get a, if I get an email from the for, from those guys like, what the fuck? It's pronounced like this. I'm sorry. You know, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know I suck at this. But what doesn't suck is the fantastic defillion check them out well my friend like i said it's been a long month but it has been a fun month and we still got a week uh a week left to go and i can't wait till we sit down and discuss the rest of the month but right now this week we got to bring the crazy train into the station how can uh, people get a hold of us well dear snowman they can go to radioactivemetal.org that's the site which has all the episodes that's the stuff if you lovely folks would like to see pictures of the things we talk about follow us at radmetal666 on instagram because that's where we post pictures too we do put stuff up on the face pages as well and that's facebook.com slash radmetal or is that one radioactive metal? No, that was just rad metal. Everything rad else metal, is rad yeah. metal. Six, six, just Lord, dude. <laughs> I, I, I remember when Rock was sending stuff up. He's like, really? I'm trying to keep it all the same. But man. Um, but yeah, so that was rad metal. And then um, you can drop us a line. Radmetal666 at gmail.com. We got that going on. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah, I feel like that's the Mesa. Like, sorry, like, I'm yeah, just wrecked tonight. Uh, that's okay. G- that's the worst part. Yeah, like, uh, it's not a good combination. I didn't even have anything to drink tonight, and um, <laughs> I have a, a brand new bottle of Metallica's Blackened Whiskey that I plan on cracking for the show. Oh, yeah, because I want to have make my lemmies with Blackened Whiskey, you know. And um, nice, I also nice. started making a list of uh, songs that, with alcohol that you and I are going to get fucked up trying to drink all of them some night. <laughs> like, That's, you know, that sounds like a, that sounds like a great show in November for sure. I mean, I was hoping to make it a face to face show, but at this point, you know, we'll do whatever we can because I just think it'd be funny for us to just <laughs> just have a recorder going and pass out. <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll do that. 
Yeah. Do that too. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can find this show pretty much everywhere podcasts are sold. I just want to say that because, you know. Right. Like, like I get it. That's the old time stuff. Yeah. I figured you would. <laughs> but um, so we're on iTunes. We're on the Google Play, whatever it is. Play music now, I think. We're on Stitcher. We're on stuff I've never heard of. Like anytime there's a new like podcast thing, so I said, you guys should get on there. I'll go out, I'll search this. Son of a bitch, we are. Who did this? So however we're getting there, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I triple dog dare you to find a podcast platform we're not on, and then I quadruple dog dare you to submit us there. So, you know, that's right. out like that. Right. Um, if you get a chance, go out to iTunes, leave us a review. Any of those podcast platforms, leave us a review. As you know, that helps other people find us. And then we are also a part of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Um, love, love those guys, right? They're mm-hmm. just a blast, great bunch of people. And thanks to them, you can also find us on Spotify. So Spotify, if you look up the Shining Wizards Network, you will be able to find us there as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's the stuff, ladies and gentlemen. For sure, for sure. You know what? It just kind of hit me. I remember when I discovered this show when, like, the like Mrs. Snowy, she wanted a new TV. So we went out and got a Roku yeah. and all that, a smart TV, and I'm downloading all these apps. And one of them was the TuneIn app for your Roku. And God damn it, if radioactive metal wasn't See? Was available. So if you have a smart TV, if you have a Roku, go out and check out the, the tune in app, download it onto your TV and check us out there to hear like like hearing us on, on TV. Like I know when I'm technologically challenged still, but to hear like our voice on 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 a TV like was oh this is sweet. <laughs> Stuff like that never gets old in the meantime and in between time. That's it. This has been a we're a couple of misfits. Episode of Radioactive Metal. Uh, well, you, you get that reference. Oh, right? I, I got it the first time. I'm just like, okay. never ready for it. Right on. Oh, dude. Uh, I'm Snowy White. And this is Rudolph signing off. Mm-hmm.